0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the combat chain. I'm your host Patrick. Talishar testing doesn't count unless you can prove your opponent won a Pro Tour, but also never lose in Talishar, even if it doesn't count. Shaw, with me as always is my co host Adam. I'm here to chew gum and beat waffles, and I'm all out of gum. Philip, Chuck, Adam, how are you doing today?
1: Hey Pat, I'm good. I uh, I'm gonna be honest. I didn't see the, mid- I, I I still don't know what to call these. Are we? I'm just gonna go with like,
0: uh, middle name. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: I didn't see the one that you had actually written for me in advance, and so I kind of the moment I saw it, I kind of chuckled a little bit. Um. I don't know if I'm as confident about that match as you are. Of course, we uh, now in a a, in a funny turn of events, uh, Yuki may accidentally have found out what I'm playing because I she was in a chat that I forgot she was in and I made a joke about it, Uh, but I don't know what she's playing and because I'm, I'm not supposed to know right and I, I i i'm genuinely certain that she's gonna approach it from the sense of like act as if she's not you know um
0: she's gonna be yeah, as, yeah. as as good I about it as i don't think the stakes are as high that she's gonna be like you know what i'm gonna take the shit out of this deck and I'm no gonna no do everything i can before we but get I too think... far adam what exactly are we talking about for, to the audience before we just talk oh, about yes. you fighting
1: yuki yes i guess we need a little more context we are talking in fact about uh fab team cup uh being put That's on right. by uh fab foundry it's essentially the third season of team league but we're making a yeah, well we've talked about that part a bit we just needed to tie mm-hmm. the, the the loose ends together so this yeah. week mm-hmm. uh team combat chain is paired up against uh team waffle uh team Waffle having some notables on it of course uh yuki lee bender uh zane johnson's on it i believe oliver fye um
0: ian zhang ian zhang there we go calling singapore competitor uh ian zhang i believe
1: yeah so a pretty stacked team uh and uh, i of course got paired up against uh yuki lee bender so that's gonna be a uh I hope to put on a good fight and make it a saucy match. Uh, of course, I've been working more believe on content. You,
0: believe in yourself a little bit. Gotta, I mean, I've gotta, been
1: I've been trying to get some reps on give the deck Yuki that the fight of her life. i uh I've been trying to give some reps on the deck that I'm going to play, just to like know what I'm doing. And I, it's it's a deck that I'm familiar with. Uh, but mm-hmm. at, at the end of the day, I'm just I'm more focused on the content creation and on running the league right, or on helping run the league right now because I see so much potential for all that 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 realm of things so i'm not Mm -hmm. necessarily i'm waiting till closer to ProQuest season three to really start like digging into testing and i'm just letting myself like absorb things through osmosis for now i guess you know be part of conversations and learn where i can with without like taking on more than i can really stomach right now
0: that's fair that's fair and i believe we will be uh on the on the ftc channel on wednesday which would be tomorrow night of this as of this recording and then friday night yeah, well, the,
1: the Wednesday one's still up in the air. We're trying to figure out the logistics behind it. It's, that's going to be a last-minute uh, stream, unfortunately. But yes, we can say we're going to be up on Friday. Uh, we can confirm that my match versus Yuki is going to be live streamed. Uh, that's going to be at six p.m. Mountain, eight p.m. Eastern. Uh, I think Pat's going to be doing some commentary for that. We're still figuring out some of the logistics for that event as well. We uh, we kind of the, these these streams come together very quickly because we have to wait on like the uh on on the pairings at the beginning of the week and it's not really till monday that we can start planning and then we got to reach out to players and figure those logistics out and it's it's really a, a moving piece uh or a very like yeah moving thing
0: yeah, and, and <laughs> lately we've had to really drag people kicking and screaming onto onto the stream. So, Not
1: quite. People man. have been good about it too. It's just there, they, things haven't lined up for everything uh, with some of them, unfortunately.
0: Facts. Um, speaking of content, uh, I put the Arachne Deck Tech video up onto the Combat Chain channel. So if you're uh, interested in the uh, CC version of Arachne, take a look. Um it's about a half hour long, but I try to go into uh, my build for it. it it's already evolved. It, we're trying to find like a good, right, a serviceable build. Uh, I think we're we're as good as I think we're gonna get. I don't know if it's like it's not an S tier hero, uh, you know, and I'm I'm okay with that, but. You Know it's it's a it was it's fun. I'm having fun playing it, and that's that's all that really matters, I think. There, um, so on top of that, we had a battle harden, uh, in Hong Kong, uh, Blitz. I love Blitz. Blitz battle harden happened, Adam. So, um, we got the top eight of that, and uh, the winner is uh, a person named Powerful Dixon. I love the names and the, they use in Hong Kong, but Dash on uh, Powerful Dixon on Dash Blitz. Uh, one the whole thing uh, we had one two we had two dashes three rhinars two icelanders in a prism taking the top eight of the battle heart in hong kong i think pulse wave harpoons and berserks all over the place <laughs> <laughs> it's the future yes and uh we'll we'll dive into uh, a little bit uh we'll dive into that in a little bit with our guest this week Uh, who we'll bring in right now. Our guest this week is a legend in the flesh and blood community. He is the calling Sydney 2019 champion. Uh, He was 17th in the calling Orlando. He was the Australian national champion in 2021. He was 14th in pro tour, New Jersey. He was top four, (laughs) top four calling Sydney, uh, 2022 calling Singapore day two, pro tour day two, uh, day two pro tour, Lil, 14th in the 2022 Australian Nationals and 16th at Worlds, enough to get into the Dev Challenge. Ladies and gentlemen, one half of the Arsenal Pass podcast, alongside Brendan Patrick, the most objectified man in the Goliath Gauntlet, Hayden Dale. Hayden, welcome to the Combat Chain.
2: Thanks for having me, and uh, take a breath and take a oh, drink. Oh man,
0: it's, it's it's I really don't have I don't have the lung capacity for this right now. I'm still under the weather. But Hayden, thank you for coming on to the program.
2: No, no worries. Yes. Thanks, me. I thought you were gonna start listing my my sort of, you know, maybe my academic credentials as well on top of that, or the time I ate some strip waffles, because I'm a big fan of Strip waffles. So mm. Adam, I'm I'm pulling for you to 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 go big and win this week, but I also really like strip waffles, so I'm a bit torn.
0: What is what is a Stroopwafel? waffle? Do you want a of is? No, really? I don't.
1: Okay. In all fairness, no. I didn't know what a stroopwaffle was until I started uh, dating my my partner, who uh, is um, Dutch, and that's when I learned what a Stroopwafel was. So, okay,
0: you're right.
1: It's like a little no, kind of like percent. like waffle pastry type thing. Like it's, it's like two okay. kind of waffly pa- waffly things with with like a, a little bit of filling, and it's usually like kind of caramelly and.
0: Okay. All right. All right. So so the waffle isn't too far off from what it really
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah right. to some extent. That's fair. That's waffle, fair. Cookie. Yeah. waffle
0: cookie. Waffle cookie,
1: could That's enough. a good way to put it. Yeah,
0: yeah. I know waffle cookies. <laughs> oh woofy. I don't know. Um, all right. <laughs> you know, woofy sounds like Yeah, Woofie sounds like on. something. Yeah. <laughs> Hayden, I gotta I gotta ask. You uh, You you fly all over the place. You're in Australia right now. You were just in the you're just in the U S. You've done it. You've done that trip. It feels like a half a dozen times this year. Uh, What's it What's it like making that commute from from Australia to the U S. And are you are you tired yet of doing this?
2: (laughs) I'm probably a little bit tired at this point. I think I've been in the past twelve months. I think I've been three or four times. And then of course with with Lil uh and i went to singapore on the way there i mean there's a lot that goes into it. i'm a pretty pretty good traveler i would say like i don't find it too hard i'm pretty good with time zones and jet lag and stuff so i probably am i get it a, a little bit easier um but it is it is difficult it's time it takes a lot of time it's probably the biggest thing to be honest so get, getting to pt new jersey took like a day basically 24 hours um, west coast for san jose is a bit easier it's just one direct flight so that's not as bad. Florida, November last year, that was about 24 hours as well. So it, it is it is a bit of, of travel and it, it takes time. You know, you lose a day basically either side, which is kind of the, the tough part, but you know, you get to go and play flesh and blood. So um, yeah, I'm excited to take a break though, sort of November, December, January, and then see what uh, next year holds.
0: Excellent, excellent. Uh, now uh, of all that travel uh, this year, any any particular highlights? Come to mind. Uh, I'm going to uh, t- tie in our first community question to this. Um, so Flake Matt Demarco, friend of us all, asks: <laughs> Has Hayden changed his mind about the proper drunk Mario Kart strategy, or is he still convinced that <laughs> sculling a beer to start is correct? I feel like there's a, there's a you know there's more to that than that question on face value.
2: I'm just getting straight into it with the flesh and blood after dark questions.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're we're gonna get Raj all over the place here. Uh,
2: so, I mean, first of all, so many highlights from from the year of travel. You know, the five or six trips that I've been able to do. It's just been, to to be honest, like the the big sort of like ones that would be. The ones that really stand out to me is, is meeting a lot of the people that I'd spoken to for so long. I met Brendan for the first time in person 12 months ago. I got to meet the friends I'd made, you know, v- via doing this sort of thing, right? You know, I met Adam in, uh, in San Jose. You know, you, you, mm. you don't get to do this sort of thing without this travel. So um, being in Europe, I spent uh, basically almost a, about three, three and a half weeks in Europe uh, post and pre Um, Lille doing a bit of sightseeing in France with uh, my fiance. So like that was a great, uh, a great sort of highlight to actually have a holiday on the end of it as well. The, the story that Flake, of course he wants to dob me in immediately is referring to is at the after party for world championships. Uh, They had, they had, it was at this like gaming kind of room. Room is an understatement, gaming warehouse basically. And they had like Wii's and switches and stuff kind of around and you could, you could like hire them out. So my friend that I was staying with from New Zealand, Jason, he's like, we're going to play uh, Mario Kart. We're playing Barrio Kart. And I was like, hmm. okay, you have to tell me what this is. Basically, you, ha- you, you have to finish a Mario Kart race and finish your beer, but you can't drink and drive. That's that's the rules, basically. Oh, boy. And I went over to, to Flake and Brian Gottlieb, and I was like, all right, all right, guys, what do you think? I've never played this before. Here's my strategy. I'm just going to immediately... Go back to my college university days and just gonna scale this bear immediately, and then I'm just gonna go because in theory, if I'm at the back, I get the best the best upgrades, right? Like this this is my my strategy. If you've played Mario Kart, so I thought this would be a great strategy. Turns out, not a great strategy. I definitely came last. But my my thought to Flakes' question is yes, I'd do the same thing again, but I'd just get better at Mario Kart. I think the drinking was okay. The Mario Kart was abysmal. So.
0: That's fair. That's fair. I just, I haven't played Mario Kart in like, I call it 20 years and just so happened to pick it up for the first time on Switch this, this weekend. I'm horrible.
2: Horrible. <laughs> <can't>, <laughs> we can have a battle I, then. See, so worse. Oh, absolutely.
0: A race to the bottom for sure. Uh, Hayden, you are one of the most prol- prolific players in the game, consistently competing at high level tournaments. And you also have, uh, one of the top podcasts and youtube channels uh, in flesh and blood gauge your success in 2022 competitively and content wise did you meet your goals in both how much did one potentially conflict with the other if at
2: all it's a, it's a big question um, and that last bit's really interesting i think cuz it's something that gets talked about a reasonable amount and it's it's definitely a balance trying to find time for content creation and trying to play you know effectively what is, is at a high level if, if you if you can um in terms of I maybe if i break it down like the the podcast and what we've done with arsenal pass is kind of just taken on a life of its own we never really had plans for what arsenal pass would be outside of just me and brendan were talking about the game a lot we thought we could you know put this into a podcast form and share our experiences and some of the things that we we're finding as we started to go to events as organized play started to happen for flesh and blood um, and then it just kind of has evolved, especially this year. You know, we started in October, no, we started mid of 2021. And uh, it's been kind of the last 12 months in particular have just been exponential sort of growth. And we've branched out into, you know, a lot more YouTube content with deck techs and, interviews with players and um you know a lot of different things and that's been such an awesome experience and the experience that that sort of allows us to have with interacting with people at events and things like that um i I really enjoy the content side of it and so i don't know if, if we necessarily had any goals and if we've kind of succeeded in those goals i think we've kind of set little mini milestones for ourselves like we'd love to you know do something with lss which we did this year we did sort of a, a video series actually we did two video series with them, which was was a really cool experience to do uh we knew we wanted to have interactions with certain certain people and um then also probably what has driven the youtube stuff has been the competitive side we've we never knew if we'd continue to be competitive players and if I was to gauge my success on, you asked about the competitive side of the game. Uh-huh. Like I'm really happy with the year, you know, I, I mean, I would have loved to have won a pro tour, but you know, you can't, you can't, you can't do it all. Right. And I think um, starting the year, winning the Australian national championship was like the best possible way to, to start the year. Um, and then traveling to play these events. I was really happy with my finish at PT one, less happy with PT two. You know, I think I finished like seventh or something like a, an eight and six record or something. Um, and then world championships, like, I would say I didn't I never really go in with like a set sort of goal of where I want to be but I know I want to do well and going to the tournament I felt really good about the event so I felt like I could I felt like I could top eight I felt like I could potentially win if I got the right sort of stuff to go my way and um, you know I think the goals change like on day two halfway through day two I'm like wow I'm like one win away from top eight in this event. And obviously it doesn't like quite go that way. You know, there's an infamous game on stream where I get beat down by a plucky Reiner. But, you know, <laughs> I think over the over the year, like if I was to gauge the success of both Arsenal Pass and sort of the competitive year, I, I feel really good about it. I don't know if I have necessarily ticked everything off that I want to do. You know, I'd, I'd love to, to top eight a pro tour. I'd love to uh, go back and, and make another crack at, at a national championships. I just want to win something again, guys. You know, that's what I want to do. <laughs>
0: Right. I see. Those the, the national championships in particular seem to be quite the, the uh, litmus test, benchmark setting kind of affair. Team Dragon Shield obviously kind of swept it in 2022, and that was kind of like their moving into uh, like national season into world championship season. It seemed like that's kind of a goal that they had had set there. And you had done a similar uh, 2021 nationals, really put. Uh, both, both you back into the like, competitive spotlight, and then uh, that viscerai deck, right, it, it was uh, that you just blew that up completely. Once, once that happened, just everyone kind of, everyone looked at that and went, "Oh yeah, it's good." Turns out, um, uh, you talk about the infamous game on stream. You are in, it was, it was at round 16, the last mm-hmm. last round of Swiss. You sit down, you see, you see Reinar Walk me through what is what goes through your head when you see Barraging beat down into Alpha Rampage. What's the mindset there?
2: Uh, I think my first mindset before even that is like, I hope I win the Dira, Because I've mm-hmm. I've played this matchup quite a bit, mostly from the Reinar side, actually. I You know, I'm a big Reinar fan and I wanted to play it at Worlds. I just felt the uh, the matchup into Ultim and potentially change just wasn't, wasn't good enough. But the Ice-Santa matchup I know is, is favored for Reinar. And when... When Zach kind of drops that start on me, to be honest, I don't. There's not much you can really do. I just kind of like have a little little chuckle to myself, and and uh, that's the kind of start of the game. I don't feel like I can't win it at that point. I just know that I'm I'm really behind, and I just have to play as tight as humanly possible to find any edge to get back into the game. I know what it kind of looks like. It looks like me coming back in with a really strong attack on my first turn, something like a wounded bull, and then it looks like me having some. disruption elements to hopefully be able to stop him being able to go hopefully he goes wide and I can hypothermia him or I can land like a channel like frigid um and just be able to basically I know that point though I need to end the game in the next two two to three turns so I need to find a combination of damage and then an end game but that's literally all I'm thinking about is like how can I still win this game um and then you know next turn it kind of proceeds to be another sort of like quad intimidate and and so on and so forth and yeah, my my view is just play the game until it's over, and I mean, Zach played well. He he knew his dick inside now, and, and he he said to me, he's like been doing this all day, just bodying Icelanders.
0: <laughs> it does seem I, I I love Reinar and Blitz. Uh, I've I have shamelessly jacked several of your Blitz lists uh, and and run them myself, and it's it is fantastic, uh, and especially into Icelander. Well,
2: um, I can have a quick shout out to you though because. There's a video that's probably, by the time this has gone out, up on the LSS page where I play an Arachne deck that is your, basically your, I think it's like two or three cards different to your Arachne deck. Uh, so, you know, we've we've stopped lists, so I have to give a big thank you to you as well. Hey.
0: I'm so excited. I'm happy that that, that worked out. I, I'm
2: excited to see the video. This oh, is, yeah. You're going to like it, I think. Maybe. I'm gonna, all right. It's a big I, game.
0: It's I, I I genuinely didn't think that you you you'd pick it. I'm glad you did. I'm, I'm I'm super excited to to see see how it goes. Um, all that good niceties. I am gonna have to let's let's uh, we're gonna walk back a little bit in 2022. Um, you spent a lot of time being competitive. Your competitive testing team uh, is consisted mostly of, uh, yourself, Brendan Patrick, and Sasha Markovich and uh, tangential people around um in may we had a bit of a controversy and i'm gonna ask a uh, community question and then we'll we'll walk through here um dusfim from uh the discord asks uh, we seem to hear a lot from various podcasts ourselves included who have talked to members who tested with the ap team for pt1 regarding the surprise kano switch from hayden Brennan, and sasha it would be good to hear Hayden's side. Massive fan of Hayden, BT Dubs, says Tusfin So this is the question we asked Brendan, who deflected masterfully, right? <laughs> In May, Arsenal Pass came to Pro Tour New Jersey with Kano, a deck that was revealed to be a relatively last-minute audible for the team. That pivot to Kano had ramifications for players that can still be felt today. Uh, and so my note to add today is... Um, we have interviewed both Matt folks who cited this instance as a major influencer on how he prepped for Pro Tour Lil and Michael Hamilton, who mentioned this as a big reason for joining the Wolf Pack, uh, why joining the Wolf Pack was the right move for him. Given the power of hindsight, is there anything you would change about the approach the team took in selecting the Kano deck?
2: Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a big question in terms of, because I think there's a lot that goes into the discourse around this, I think, and probably for some context, cause you talked about like the, the, the team that we have. Um, mm-hmm. and I think probably for some context of how testing generally looks for myself, I can give it from my perspective. Um, since, tw- so in 2021 we were, I was testing a lot with Brendan and Dante Delfico out of Canada. And at that point we added one of my good friends, Damakai, to sort of our regular testing group, who's in New Zealand, um, and then eventually, like Zach Bunn from Tim Covenant and Tim Bunn, his brother, and a couple others joined. and We had a, a bit of a bigger testing group that we tested a, a, on a U.S. time schedule, basically, uh, heading into Orlando. So U.S. Nationals in 2021 um, post that what kind of ended up happening for me is that I just couldn't, I couldn't really commit to that time anymore. It, it was, it was not a good time for me testing on us time, just being on the Southern hemisphere didn't really work and um, sort of heading into my nationals and then post my nationals. I kind of decided I was going to do my own thing at that time. So 90% of my testing that I actually do myself is with Dan McKay. He's like, he's my number one testing partner. I think he's one of the, the best and most underrated players in the world. To be honest, he's a phenomenal play tester and he just has like the best mindset for it. I think in the way he approaches games, he doesn't, tilt when he tests he doesn't uh he doesn't have an agenda when he tests he just wants to find the best possible information when he tests so and he's on my time zone and he's one of my good friends so it makes it super super easy so when we kind of changed to this uh when i kind of moved away from like a, a whiting testing group i said to brendan look i can't do this testing sort of time frame it doesn't really work for me i think i'm gonna gonna kind of do my own thing with with dan we might look at a group that's based here in australia or new zealand that works on a time zone brendan was cool that he was like yeah you should you should do whatever works for you um and then sort of heading towards pt1 uh sasha was coming back into the game who's also on a similar time zone to me and it kind of made sense that we'd like link up as a as a wider group so we had trying to remember so myself dan was still primarily doing our testing but then there was sasha brendan michael and matt who just talked about and roger who's uh michael's friend who were kind of uh, we had a bit of a, a wider group there and then uh, basically what kind of it looks like and this has been the same all year so for pt1 pt2 pt3 i think world's i think i've played maybe six or seven games against brendan in testing for that and maybe 10 against sasha i actually don't really test with the group unfortunately because of time zones me and dan test on our own schedule and then we might connect up for conversations and things like that to work out what's happening um so pt1 what the kind of testing looks like for me is that there's a there's a group of like a north well, I call like a north american cell and like a a southern hemisphere cell so north america i think matt ended up testing on their time zone primarily a lot as well so he would like i think he was getting up at like ridiculous times actually like 1 a.m or something to test with them yep. and then sasha brendan because sasha didn't have a job at the point he just left lss and michael i want to say and roger i think a lot of the time as well were testing and then me and dan would test in our evening and then sometimes there'd be like a little bit of overlap or we'd, we'd come back on things i was actually the the deck i worked on the most for that was dash my whole intention for the event was to play dash uh, it's the deck i tested through pre-ban even post-ban i thought it was i thought it was super powerful i mean we saw the power of it at at leo like it made top eight nothing changed um it just that starvo and Chain had living legend so that was the deck that i was kind of working on um and then yeah i mean i guess you know the story like of of the pivot i think the five seven days before brendan and sasha revisit the kano deck i don't know if everyone knows this but the kano deck was actually something that brendan and sasha had developed pre- the viscerai banning the scalata banning it was like the number one deck kind of on the the radar for those guys i don't know if michael liked it as much i think matt thought it was pretty good i think michael kind of wanted to play ultim or something at that point um and then i know they revisited that uh so i mean what well, i can say from my standpoint like what i what i did is i changed the deck the day before and i know some people have doubted that they're like did you actually change the day before yeah i did i had dash in my bag i had a blitz kano deck i had to go and find cards the morning of I asked my friend to go and help me find some cards. Luke Badger, if anyone knows who Luke Badger is, to help me go and find some cards to finish making the deck. Um, would I do anything different in the in the situation of like what happened? Yeah, I think so. And I've talked about that with Michael Hamilton in particular, someone that I feel is one of the most amazing human beings I've ever met and a very nice guy and someone that I wanted to get my point across about things that... You know have been said from by other people True. and uh we, we've had that conversation and i i think that's water under the bridge uh between at least myself and, and michael but yeah. yeah i i at least like, you can feel free to ask more pointed things but i i don't really have too much else to say other than like that was kind of the process for for me and it's really hard i think Not being testing on different schedules and different parts of groups and stuff, I think adds a lot of complication to these kind of things. And it's something that I've tried to reduce in my personal testing moving forward, because it's really hard to have this discourse and know what people are doing, whether people are testing with other groups, people are testing only within this group and what expectations are.
0: For sure. So I, I suppose to expand on, like, not to not to beat a dead horse there, but I, I, the impression I got from Matt and and Mike was that there was a pretty a, a pretty good consensus on. Uh, I want to say Matt Matt was saying that it was it was chain, right? It was uh, the the group going into PT New Jersey was was on chain there was exchange of information right there's there's test data everything that was leaning towards Boys. Uh, right Le- leaning towards that this this result and the um because the, the impression that that we get is that that uh, that testing data transparency ended right abruptly and then uh you know and then dot 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 Kano comes it comes to New Jersey. Now you've you've done a very good job of of uh, I'm not saying you're you lying. I believe you. I believe you. that it seems like a very reasonable, uh, <laughs> reasonable story. Uh, you know, an explanation for that. But is there, I mean, was was there, there, was there more to the to the testing dynamic? I guess that like. Uh, if you're separating yourself uh, on your own, I guess, but you would have kind of a pulse on the situation for the surrounding yeah. uh, surrounding group there. It was was there some turmoil uh, outside of uh, deck selection that was happening?
2: I guess it's interesting. I guess it's perspective, right? So you, you talked about, like, I think you said Meditated about Chain i don't it's not the so like i was saying i was on dash like for instance Mm -hmm. like dash was the deck that that i wanted to play and work on and to be honest not many other people were interested in it right so Mm -hmm. i kind of did more of my own thing i know michael and matt were particularly big on chain um dan was just doing the testing he wasn't going to that pt so he was just in it with me on on dash we were literally just playing games Mm -hmm. of dash and trying to work out that that build and what it should look like uh and then so brendan and sasha i think we're kind of floating between a lot of different things the one the way that like sasha works when he tests is like he will test everything and he will like take it to the limits and then the day before he'll be like okay this is the thing it's like it's a little bit frustrating testing with him sometimes i talked to him in this about lil like the day before in lil like we didn't have a deck list and that's like that's a really difficult position to be in unless you have a a beautiful mind like that but yeah i mean it's it's difficult because i think it's like i say, it's perspective right like obviously that's a feeling from matt is that he thought you know a lot of people are locked on chain i thought you know i'm playing dash people aren't as interested in it Mm -hmm. chain was probably my default backup at the time uh you know three four days before i know i i I check in with sasha and brendan they're like testing this nine belittle chain deck which is like designed to beat the mirror um they're moving through iterations of stuff it's like there's definitely chickens and i can only speak from my interaction because like i said i wasn't in that primary cell of them testing day after day after day i'm only checking in every once in a while but there was definitely communication up until you know close to the pt about what what people were doing like i had i was on a call with michael and matt like five days before like exchanging information Mm -hmm. on i'd been playing a lot of chain the week before thinking i might default and sort of feeding back what I've been finding about cards like Time of Torment and and mm-hmm. um, like Shadow Puppetry and stuff like that. So I think there's still discourse. I just... Yeah, in terms of that iteration of like... of Kano, I mean, the deck is nine cards different to what the deck was a month before, you know, in terms of the, the change of it.
0: That's fair, that's fair. I, I guess uh, you, do you think there would be... Uh, is there, Going in prior to, so you, you, you about five days before you say you're talking, you're talking to them, and this will be this will be the last last thing I talked about there. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, like, was was there a uh, what am I what am I what am I asking? going testing into PT New Jersey before you guys were on Cana. You'd have to kind of have like the arcane barrier right you're gonna have the to package to, to to play against kano right like if you're if you're a, a deck and you're not you either respect kano or you know you're either packing the ab or you're not packing the a because you're not expecting uh kano i, I, I suppose do you, you think that there's uh you know perhaps a, a feeling of slighted slightedness if they uh if kind of the the common rationale was we can afford more sideboard slots because we're not expecting Kano. And then, you know, AP comes and spikes with, you know, with Kano. So to speak.
2: Are you talking about like sort of like data leaking or like information leaking, that kind of thing?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, like uh, um, if, you, if you're testing for one particular, like you're testing for the meta, and that meta at that time is, right, it's 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 Chain, Prism, viscerai Starvo. Uh, you know, going into that, so not considering uh, Kano as part of uh, as part of that established meta, right? Which means if you if you're testing for that particular meta, right, your your sideboard is going to be different than as if you were respecting Kano as part of that, you know, top of the top of the tier. And I got to imagine one of the one of the benefits of of bringing Kano to that particular Pro Tour was taking advantage of those who the Starvos who only had a B one, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Where they weren't necessarily prepared for that, um, would that I, I, would that group feel not not that you're you're gonna be in the shoes there, but you understand what I'm saying is would that group feel I guess taken advantage of or slighted in in the fact that that they they perhaps weren't prepared for Kano and that's exactly what you know what was brought to to the table.
2: I mean I can't speak for how they would feel other than to like guess. I mean. Three people being on Kano. I don't think that would like if it was me in that situation. I don't know how they would feel. I can't speak for that, but if it was me in that situation, I wouldn't want to change cards in my deck. I wouldn't have thought unless I knew there was like a. It was like a so like dash at PT two. Everyone was like that was like the top the topic of conversation like a week before, and everyone was running around the day before trying to find smashing good times to put into their deck. Like it yep. was known that a lot of people were going to pick up and play dash. I think so unless you knew something like that was going to happen. I mean, I I, I personally wouldn't. I don't know how other people would would feel about it. In terms Mm -hmm. of their feeling about you know us playing it i i I guess they've both spoken about that and and how they feel and i've had a conversation with michael specifically about that as i said uh, because i I wanted to i wanted to to have that conversation with michael in Mm -hmm. terms of like data and things like that yeah like the reason to play kano and the reason like it's a great late switch is because people aren't packing arcane barrier like i remember sitting down three days before the event looking at topless and just no one's got Arcane Barrier. We looked at, like, the the um, the events from, like, two weeks before, the mm-hmm. Battle Hardened, or the the, the ProQuest season. People just aren't playing them. People aren't even playing Shock Charmers in their Starvo decks. So it's like, it be- as you get closer and closer and the narrative doesn't change, a deck like Kano becomes such a better option. It's part of the reason I actually played it at Worlds as well is, like, it got back to that sort of meta where people were... Mm-hmm. They cut all the Oasis for Spites from the deck. They're not playing Arcane Barrier because it's now correct and fire to only play 81 against Icelander, things like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, does that answer your question? Sorry, I was trying to understand. Yeah, yeah, properly.
0: no, no, I was, I, I, that you've done more than enough. I'm, I'm all right, I've beaten the dead horse. Thank you, thank you for humoring, humoring us. That thus concludes the, the, the saga of PT New Jersey for the combat chain. All right, moving on. We saw your Arsenal Pass partner somewhat sunset his time as a competitive player as he took up casting at Worlds, uh, his highest-profile gig doing so yet. You yourself have dabbled in a bit of casting in the Goliath Gauntlet and other streams over time. Where does Haydendale go from here? Do you continue to climb the competitive ladder, or do you start to lean more into fab-related content and casting? And is, is there a walk-away point uh, in, in the future?
2: yeah i mean it might not be so much climbing as it might be sliding down the rungs um <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i would like to play competitive Flesh and blood for sure uh, for me it's a question of logistics and time is really the the tough thing so you talked about travel at the start it, it is it Ooh. is tough and it not only is it not ideal but it does take up a lot of time just to travel and that's let alone before we start thinking about things like testing you know um so i would like to it really depends I was hoping we'd get some sort of organized play announcement probably before December to make some decisions about what I wanted yeah. to do next year around playing. Uh, if there's a pro tour in Europe, for instance, I'm saying this now, but it could change. <laughs> I'd really struggle, I think, to to make it to that pro tour. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's just the, the hardest to travel to. It's the most expensive and it, it takes the most amount of time. But U.S. is probably on my radar. So yeah. the first pro tour of next year, looks like it's going to be in North America. I, yeah. will, I would say more than likely, I'd say like I'm 90 percent to attend that right now. So we'll see what happens. Um, Yeah, I've done some casting. I really enjoy it. I don't know if it's quite for me. I don't know if I'm quite the archetype for casting. I think I would like to be involved in coverage potentially at some point, but it might be more of, I don't know if you've ever seen like if you've ever watched any magic the gathering like pro tours in the past but they used to do this yep. thing called like the news desk right or they'd like interview players and talk about like do deck text and stuff in between rounds like that sort of stuff i think is really interesting because it's a lot of the content i want to do myself for for arsenal pass and for for you know like youtube channels and uh what we what we do put out as content so that stuff's really interesting to me but casting i've done it a few times i do enjoy it i just don't think i'm as good at it as, as other people i don't think i can bring across the things that someone like a brendan or a brian gottlieb or a Flake can depending on their, their role they're filling so um is there a walk away point uh depends who you ask if you ask my fiance there probably is you know <laughs> <laughs> i mean it depends it depends on what happens next year I'm enjoying playing the game. I've got some PTIs banked. I can have the luxury of choosing which which Pro Tours I do or do not go to. Uh, I don't feel pressured to go to them like maybe I did this year. I felt like mm. for my profile, whatever you want to call it, from, for Arsenal Pass and to play the game I loved, I felt like I had to go to everything. I felt priced into it. I really don't feel like that anymore. So my my probably target on the wall next year is go to at least one Pro Tour, play in any callings that are in the Southern Hemisphere is probably my my kind of target right now.
0: Uh, you you bring up you bring up if the boss if the boss says <laughs> says so right uh, it, uh, both David David Rude and Chris Ray right both both yeah. are uh, unofficially officially retired for basically basically the same reason they they gave about a year and a half of, or you know they gave organized play in 2022 uh, everything that they got they they hit that mark and then they said. Or it seems like their their families were like, Okay, you did it. Now that's that's enough. Is that is that a discussion that has taken place or are you you kick that can down the road a little bit?
2: It's probably a discussion I, I have with myself where I instigate my Devon, who is my fiance, we've been together for a very long time. She's known that like it was part of the package deal is like I play cards, right? Like it was always part of the part of the deal. And she's been super supportive uh, of, of all sort of like, especially with flesh and blood and, and what I've wanted to do. So we've definitely had that discussion, but it's more to be honest, it's more for me about like career. So I have a job that's reasonably demanding. It requires a lot of travel and stuff as well. And I do want to make sure I get to spend time at home and doing the things I love, like getting outdoors, spending time with friends, going out sure. to eat, you know, all these sort of things. And I felt like this year I definitely had to sacrifice a lot of that to make time for testing and to do the things that I wanted to balance with flesh and blood and just day to day life, right? Just work and just, mm-hmm. you know, cooking dinner, whatever it is, you know, there's like a there's big balance. So um, to be honest, it's more just, yeah, what what I feel I have the time and the sort of the bandwidth to, to do next year. And uh, at the moment, decision is not sure but i know i want to keep playing and it's like you tap you get that needle in your arm right it's like so hard to say i'm i'm not going to do something or to walk away like you know chris david are they going to stay away who knows you know it's really hard to stay away from from the game once you're into it i think and both very good players so you know they could easily walk back in and do it
0: yeah chris is already in in the test servers already of course uh, yeah yeah sounds about right (laughs) playing stuff i'll Um, just test
2: i'll just test just help out i'll just test
0: right just be the gauntlet deck yeah, yeah. Um, all right. All uh, right, Goliath Gauntlet. Dur- during the Goliath Gauntlet uh, pre-game show, you were you you were objectified. Uh, y- you were uh, consensus, the most attractive player in the tournament. So congratulations. It was it was unanimous. It was uh, uh, so congratulations. How does it feel to be uh, a sex symbol in a trading card game?
2: <laughs> what? Well, I- i think it's a bit of an achievement because caleb van patten was also in there as well so i don't know how i've snagged that one but I'll i'll take it i mean i don't don't really know what to say to be honest um <laughs> I'm just i'm just me you know i just <laughs> you
0: know you know and that's 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 what you bring to the table right and and that's what we're, it's the natural charisma uh we have a community question tied to this speaking of sex symbols <laughs> okay. uh Sean, Sean Hill uh, uh, on Team Combat Chain uh, and on the Discord asks does Hayden agree that Adam Philip Chuck has the
2: indisputable best mustache in all of flesh and blood do you know what as a great mustache adam you do have some competition though you've had some competition from the likes of like Simon Denning yep. you know mm-hmm. Taylor Morrow as, at some points has had a great yes, slog on face. i don't know if he still does yeah so you, i'm going to i'm going to say for now yes but you know i think it's Ooh. uh you've got some stiff competition and
1: i i'm the first to Ooh. to acknowledge that you know simon denning is it uh philip mckay uh in your oh, Phil,
2: Phil, yeah but he just grows hair he'll grow a mustache in like a week it's kind of unfair
1: <laughs> he's one of the gifted ones uh but nonetheless like you know he he's got a, a great mustache uh i said simon denning uh taylor from uh, the attack action podcast and i don't want I, it is very much part of my goal to have the quote unquote best uh, mustache and flesh and blood, but I don't want to just have the title thrown around. I want to like, I want to see it be like earned fair and square. And if it does go to one of those other gentlemen, I, I a hundred percent like that. If, if through fair play, if that's how it, it the, the chips fall, I think that is how it should be. And at the end of the day, I, I just want it to be, I, I I don't, and I don't even know how do we go about like, Fairly
0: decreeing I this. Look, look, I, 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 don't know how we got this far into the conversation. Well, I'll be honest, honest. This Sean. Is, this, this is a, for the sake of the audience. Yeah, Sean's well, the one, one who's now. really. Yeah, yeah we are now, here, right? So, no, well, you do cosplay, right? There's a if there's a cosplay contest, we got to have a stash, a stash, stash, play a stash off. We got, to have a Yeah, stash off. Every oh, man, high stakes stash off. Whoever, whoever loses, that's
1: it. I, Only I, one stash for
0: that That is oh, very man. high stakes I mean like I
1: Yeah I would If there was a stash off I, I'd pull the The mustache wax out And like really when Do it the, up
0: When was the last time When was the last time You didn't have a stash what, what When was When was the last time You you took the razor To the full
1: I actually Don't believe It's been over Two and a bit years I think I've had oh, this man. mustache Longer than I've been Playing Flesh and Blood Now that I think about it Huh <laughs> All right, all right. Uh, so you, all right, you, hey,
0: look, flesh and blood, let's talk about a card game here. Um, <laughs> we live we live in a post-Dynasty world right now with upgrades and wrinkles added to a number of classes as well as a completely new hero. Hayden, we know you love some Rhynar, even when it's rolling you at Worlds, I'm sorry, uh, which leads us to the next community question. Darth Prentice slash Greg asks, it uh, would love to know if Hayden has dusted off the... Ravenous Meat to test its synergy with Berserk in Reinar. Says, I know it's not optimal, but it is a romping good time. Well,
2: it's not very romping, is it? It's more Ravenous, I would say, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't with Ravenous Meat Axe, but I did uh, mess around with a bit of a Berserk combo deck the other day trying to. Trying to see if I could deal thirty plus damage on a berserk turn with blood rush bellows, and it is it is doable. It does require berserk plus blood rush bellows, and you do need to play things like uh, skull horn. I think, um, mm-hmm. beaten trackers. Uh, backbone strapping and you have to play a lot of six attacks in your deck right so um yeah i mean it, berserk is like a real card it, it says draw a card on it and it says it says draw multiple cards on it potentially so that is like something that can be broken in flesh and blood like those are the kind of cards that always jump out to me as like ones that you you should try and abuse there might be this kind of like ravenous you know midax deck that he's talking about that, that greg's talking about that you can just when you draw a Berserk, you can guarantee at least some value off it. So you raise the floor because Berserk has quite a low floor, I think, but a really, really high ceiling. So maybe there's a deck that's somewhere between, you know, you can pop off with a combo, but maybe when you just draw this card, it it, it can be useful. So I, I think there's something there. I just don't know. I don't know how good it is.
0: Um, there is, uh, it is not in the notes, but there is another community question um, that re- relates directly to this. What would it take for LSS to print uh, a blue six attack uh, brute card. It, it seems like seems like it, it's it's off limits. Um, and uh, James White has has gone so far. I believe at Worlds in the Q and A had talked about how he does not want blue impactful attacks like printed in Flesh and Blood and Macho. Any Macho Grande and Thunderquake were uh, guardian selections uh, towards towards that end there. Uh, what needs to happen to get get that? I think we need one more.
2: Yeah, so that that's uh, you know I actually asked this question to one of the devs at Worlds. So uh, we during the dev challenge we actually did a, a bit of a welcome to Wraith draft afterwards, and I held up Blue Ricker romp and I said, "How do I just get another another three of these in my class constructor deck?" And an unnamed dev said, "Go away." <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I think the the issue with it, if I was to start with that, is that it adds consistency, right? Like, like you said, mm-hmm. James talked about the power of blue consistency and powerful cards, right? Mandra Grande, Thunderquake, uh, Glacial Footsteps, these kind of cards that Guardian, in particular Ultim, have access to, are really strong. We've seen them do a lot of work, but that's in a Guardian archetype, right? It fits the archetype. It is mm-hmm. true to what the Guardians trying to do is is a blue resource card true to what Brood is trying to do in terms of flavor? But that, that's one thing. But then go beyond that and you talk about the consistency of which that adds to the deck. It might just be too good, to be honest. Like, even if it costs, it's you don't even have to be able to play it. It could be like a six cost, you know, discard two cards. It comes in for six. Like, it doesn't even need to be in any way balanced it would just be that the printing of a six the printing of it being blue and it defending for three would be good enough now i think one thing that you could probably get at a generic slot is potentially you know swing with massive tree you know an upgrade on swing with big tree costs one more but has effective one more power at each each step so you could have a, a blue six that doesn't defend um that's probably what you could have that would probably be, be balanced but yeah i i i would say i think we'll see it in the future but i think it's something that probably uh, they've, they're wary of of doing i think i I have a sneaky suspicion that the dev team have thought about this and thought it's probably a bit too good
0: that's fair that's fair um there there seems to be a lot of crazy cards coming out uh from dynasty um I will be the first to admit I have not had the time to watch parts one or two of your dynasty review. So, uh, I'm, those answers may be in there, but I don't know yet. Um, but there's, we, we just talked about berserk, uh, pulse wave harpoon apparently mm. is changing, is changing the landscape, uh, for dash completely, uh, looming doom and, uh, deathly duet for, for viscerai, uh, and, uh, iron song pride, uh, showing up for Dorinthia. Um, how many of the are these cards for for real what what cards in dynasty are for real are or, or in really going to change right change the landscape uh of classic constructed and blitz here uh and which ones might be a little overhyped
2: D- dynasty is a, a friggin' great set i just gotta say like i'm super impressed mm-hmm. the more i play with cards from dynasty and start to look at them they're they're so different from everfest everfest felt like you know a lot of the the rich got richer right it felt like yeah. that a lot with dynasty uh, with with everfest and the cards I, I didn't think were particularly interesting either i don't think blue auras are particularly interesting to be honest and and i've played a reasonable okay. illusionist i don't think and runeblood is a particularly interesting card for instance i think a lot of the cards in dynasty are really interesting something like looming doom what a what a card like that card is so much depth to it it's it's really interesting Um, I think these cards what what Dynasty is doing right is you look at it Icelander Ultim Briar Fi basically get nothing from the set maybe you could argue Fire and some sort of different build could get something but basically nothing what Dynasty is doing is helping bring these other classes up to potentially being able to compete now will it be good enough when we get you know all things said and done to Pro Quest Season and Pro Tour 1 Will, will these cards be enough to do do what maybe they seem like they're doing not sure but a lot of these cards are definitely for real. I mean, one you didn't talk about is Hanabi Blast, right? I think that might be the most yeah, yeah. powerful card in the in the set, to be honest. I think that is, that even more so than Pulse Wave Harpoon to me is what's pushing Dash to be a competitor for one of the best decks in the format. Um, but yeah, like you said, Looming Doom, that card, not only really interesting, but I think is, is really good. It adds a lot of, it's like really dynamic card as well. I don't think it's, massively crazy powerful but it's really flexible it's a blue defensive three it's non-attack action it can turn excess room chance into long-term damage it can help you push through damage against uh, defensive decks as something like Vissarai. Ironsong Pride is just a really cool interesting card that has a lot of play around to it so yeah I, I think these these cards are good I'm trying to think about cards that maybe. Seem a bit overhyped. Uh definitely Duet is like okay, I think, but I, like that's a card that I think might be a little bit a little bit overhyped. Maybe maybe uh savage beatdown for brute. Maybe a little bit Skullcrack. Skullcrack, there you go. That's an overhyped card. There you go. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> um I, I didn't list and we haven't we haven't talked, uh the Katsu card well the the ninja cards, right? The, mm. the combo cats. Is cats a thing? Cat cats looks like Benji to me. You block it seems like if you block Tiger Swipe. You're you're in the clear, but some people have been pulling off these I don't know the 45 damage you know triple art of war type type turns. There is that is is Katsu is that what it needed was was cats?
2: Um, Not sure. It's definitely different, and it definitely gives you a different avenue to attack on that's different to the combo kind of traditional lines that Katsu has. It's it's probably more powerful for sure. Is it? good enough to be better than just playing Fi. i'm not sure like phi can have those turns right phi can have oh, the the double art of war the art of war um searing kind of turns so right. yeah it's it's cool like you say though block out tiger tiger swipe am i kind of in the clear I, i'm not sure there's i one thing i think people could look at is is utilizing some of the items and potions potentially um to, to set up mm-hmm. even bigger turns but yeah, it's cool. I really like it. I like what Crouching Tiger is as a card, as it's like it's not a token, but it's also not a, you know it's a card that disappears. It's uh, it's quite interesting.
0: It is. It is very con- very confusing initially about whether or not because <laughs> looking at it, I I had a discussion with my group and it was like you know Phoenix you know Phoenix Flames didn't didn't uh, end up in the deck at first and then they Is there any reason to put a t- Crouching Tiger? Into the deck. I don't even know. I don't know if that's
2: not what I can think uh, of. <laughs>
0: no, I can't think of one either. Uh, Arachne, a new hero. Uh, it's 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 fun. Um, we just talked about. It. I, I posted deck tech on the the classic Instructed earlier. Uh, uh, I mentioned earlier. Hey, what's a, what's Arachne Arachne to you? It seems like it's a incomplete but fun fun hero with with some pretty drastically like poor matchups that that are probably can prevent it from being. You know, I I don't know if it'd be competitive in in the sense that you'll sleeve it for you
2: know Pro Tour. It's Arachne's better than I thought. I'll give it that. Spider's bite as a weapon is mm-hmm. has been super impressive to me so far. I, I thought that weapon on face value was I mean I knew it wasn't just a bad Kadachi, but it, it did have that kind of feel and the the patterns of play probably weren't as obvious to me when I first looked at mm-hmm. Arachne as a hero. Um, but I do kind of agree with you. I think it's this kind of hero that is going to need more support to be, com- you know, competitive or super competitive into the future. I think we'll see it show up in ProQuest season. I think we might even, you know, see it make a couple of top eights. I don't necessarily think we'll see it win anything, but it is a lot of fun. It's it's cool, and I think right now it can even be a meta pick. You know, I think into decks with those disruption elements and. The abilities written on those cards are going to be really relevant, especially spiders bite into like heavy attack action decks. I think Eirene can be viable. I, you know, I've played into it. I've played with it. It does feel it does have some power. Um, if I was to place it in the kind of like tier system of where things might be, it feels a lot better than playing like Azalea prior to Dynasty, for instance. So. <laughs>
0: that's true that's and i think that's that's where i'm at uh as well i do like i, I i'm not gonna throw it in the trash even though they it, apparently it can't beat dash uh if dash throw, goes to pistol uh but and that's enough for some people to just throw it right in the garbage but i'm not not quite there yet uh tomorrow let's say in the hypothetical world tomorrow you have you have a pro quest to attend what what are you sleeving up if and uh if it's what are you sleeping up, and if different, what do you consider the best deck in the format at this moment in time?
2: Yeah, two, two very different questions, I think, actually, right now. I think I'm sleeping up Dash. It's something I've played a couple of armories over the past few weeks, getting back and playing some games after a, a week of a bit off. Um, really like it. I think it's super fun to play. I actually think it's really difficult to play Dash, firstly, to build. A list that can do well into people trying to potentially fatigue you if you're playing this more aggressive andard build, or if you're playing with items like what does that look like into things like Fi and icelander etc. So I think there's there's complexity around building it, but also playing it as well and what items you want to play and how you play out certain lines, which is really cool. I really like that. Um, what I think is the best deck, I don't know. I have a feeling that fire is probably still just the best deck. Um, I think it was for worlds. To be honest, I think it was probably the it had the best matchup spread. Iceland is still very, very good as well, and, you know, but I, people are talking about that more. I've seen it on sort of like Twitter and stuff. People are like hey, people have forgotten about Icelander. It's still so good Yeah, it is. but I think even more people have forgotten about Fire. I'm seeing no one talk about or play Fire right now, but it's. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it might just be Fire.
0: That's 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 an answer I like. I'm sick of Icelander. I I am just I I don't know what it is. I I have trouble. F- playing it uh playing against it and it just seems like if you're at if you're at 15 life uh in in everyone's equal they're they're winning anyways and they're about to lethal you and there's nothing you can really do about it yeah uh,
2: if, if you're yeah. an icelander player just cover your ears for a second but i find icelander quite boring to play like i don't <laughs> mind playing against it i just find I mean, playing it it's just i don't find it very enjoyable i don't think the play patterns are very enjoyable but you know michael hamilton i'm sorry mate <laughs>
0: You know he he is he's one of those like uh, he he loves those numbers right it's all it's all a numbers game and it's just it, that's all it is it's un unsexy numbers and as long as he gets those numbers right and that that's right up his alley uh, there for there okay one last question and then we'll wrap it up uh, non flesh and blood related it can be about anything what is something you'd like people
2: to know about you
0: that they don't know now.
2: I wish I thought about this one. <laughs> uh, good question. I feel like I've used this one a, a bit. I'll, I'll use something different. Um, I am really into overnight oats. Okay. And I think if, right. if you're not, if you haven't really tried overnight oats before, you should. I've just gotten into it recently. You should, you should get into it. You can do some really fun stuff with overnight oats. Tasty, pretty nutritious, reasonably healthy, and uh, I don't know, I enjoy, I enjoy the process of making them. So there you go. Not the most exciting, but I, I'd recommend it. Now, what is we're we're gonna talk about this? What 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 makes overnight
0: oats different than my regular oats that I can get? I don't. What's what's the difference here?
2: I think mostly because you're not you're not cooking, so you're letting them soak in all the whatever your choice of sort of liquids you are. So I like to use a little bit of little bit of milk, maybe coconut milk, uh, like l- low fat cream cheese um right, berries right. so like the like a berry compote which will kind of like mm. soak in as well so yeah i think that's the main difference you let them in the fridge you don't have to cook them you just leave it overnight okay. you can like kind of meal prep them yeah i don't know it has a bit more of like a desserty taste i would say which i quite like hmm. all right all right
0: i had no idea I, yeah no, I same no. it's like it's like it's like cold brew that's oatmeal i get steeped over 12 hours in the, yeah it's the like field.
2: it's like the okay. new you know it's like the millennial cold brew there you go yeah all
0: right <laughs> that's fair all right hey we did it. We got through. It. This is that's that's what we got uh, here this evening. Um, this is your opportunity to plug 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 your stuff. Where can we find you? Tell us your links. Tell us your social media uh, handles. What do you, what do you got? Hey, oh,
2: no no problem. I'm good at this one. Uh, yes, yeah, so you can find me on Twitter. I'm at fean underscore dale, like the tunic and like my last name. Um, always pretty active on Flesh and Blood Twitter. And we you know, I'm one half of Arsenal Pass. You can find us on YouTube. Spotify all podcast platforms for our weekly podcast sort of more competitive related flesh and blood content and then we do a lot of deck techs and uh, occasional gameplays and um, Some like other videos where we sort of see fit So that's kind of what we do and you can see me at hopefully pro tour number one because it sounds like it's gonna be in America, so
0: I want to thank you for coming on uh, to the program Uh, I know there there was I am right I am I am doggedly ill right right now so I try to push through it I uh, I'm sorry if I was a little raggedy um, but I do want to say that uh, Arsenal Pass and you and Brendan are uh, are, are, are our main inspiration you, you the combat chain exists because Arsenal Pass exists we are inspired by you uh, we look up to you we try to model you we try not to plagiarize you but we we do we, you are you, I joke that uh, you, you're kind of like our parents so you're you're one of our dads uh, so we we appreciate everything you do for the game for the community and uh, and thank you thank you for coming on and and being an inspiration to the combat chain
2: very kind words and thank you so much we we just we love what we do so it's uh, it's cool to get to do it. Absolutely. All right, Adam, we're, we can plug our stuff. Now the combat chain
0: is on YouTube. You can find us. If you search the combat chain, be sure to like subscribe and hit the bell notification to know when the latest episode of video is uploaded. We are available on all audio platforms, wherever you stream your podcasts. The best way to support us is through our Patreon. You can find us at www.patreon.com backslash the combat chain and can subscribe to us there. It's a single tier and it helps us tremendously to keep the lights and mics up and running. Uh, we'll have to shout out our patrons here. Clark J., Eugene C., Devin, Tyqueus, and Arcfire. Thank you very much for your support. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, of course. The channel's handle is at The Combat Chain. You can find me at Good, And you can find Adam at TCG. Now, Hayden, we have one more small piece of business that we like to do with our guests uh, before we call, this, uh, call it a show. Um, we do a little outro here. I say uh until next week and then in unison if you would if you would humor us we would all say we're closing the combat chain nice and hammy and we say it in unison and harmonious it's going to be great is that (laughs) something i can ask of you this evening awesome all right thank you again hayden dale of arsenal pass for coming on to the program and adam i think that is going to do it for us this week so until next week we're closing, closing the, the combat, combat chain. That pretty. That fairly there smooth. Is that's the best that's that's a professional it's uh, so hard i was okay. waiting for
2: i was waiting for your delay and i was like i think you have like a for me like half a second delay so i'll just wait and it it I'll
0: go. Is, it's all of us are like a half second off too because i always think he's he's off in my ears and he's like it's perfect that's how it works okay. yeah he's, he's it's, the
1: source that's the, the fun source. of it though is it's like the the awkwardness and it's like everybody trying to like hey do we go now? do we <laughs>
0: It is all right. On three or after three. Yeah. But hey, we did it. Thank you. Thank you you so much for for doing this. (laughs) Thank you.